Welcome back to Plink Plonk, episode number two. Two? Yeah, I'm Georg. I'm Aaron. And today we are gonna talk about like a little bit like different from last week. Right. Um, a, a pretty pretty big left turn. I yeah, yeah. Uh, so, oh, maybe we should address this. Um, yeah. We have uh, three guests, little yeah. dogs here Our running three around. Three mascots of yeah. the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dory, Chupa, and Rosie. Yeah. Two two Frenchies and one dachshund, little mini dachshund, and they can be a little noisy, so excuse all of their cute sounds <laughs> yeah. while we're recording the podcast. Yeah. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about the first track off of Bonnie Bear's uh, album, uh, self-titled album, um, called Perth. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's actually his second album, right. um, and the first one for Emma. Um, that was a pretty uh, important album in right. many ways. Well, so the, uh, for Emma came out of seven, mm-hmm. and that really that was his first thing, and it was re- it first thing as Bonnie Bear. So Bonnie Bear's a guy named Justin Vernon, mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Um, Midwestern boy, mm-hmm. and he played in a lot of bands before then in North Carolina and whatnot. Um, then you know, there's a whole. We don't need to go into the whole famous story, but there's a famous kind of. It's become basically a legend now about him going to the cabin mm-hmm. and um, you know starting this kind of new project, just recording with himself at the cabin. Mm-hmm. Very kind of like acoustic guitars and. Yeah arrangements with horns and, and minimal percussion mm-hmm. uh, but it really kind of broke him out into mm-hmm. it, it became a huge album yeah, yeah. Um, in 07 mm-hmm. um, and then people were wondering if it was going to be a thing that continued um, after that and he took a long break you know like um, the self-titled didn't come out till 2011 I mean it wasn't mm-hmm. a break he was a no, no, he was touring a, a ton yeah mm-hmm. uh, but I just mean people didn't know if he was going to be releasing any new stuff yeah, 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 for yeah. a long time and what would it be and I think surely like he didn't know there was like a, a funny story there was an Icelandic band uh, that actually is still going on FM Belfast oh. pretty like you know nice electronic band but they were playing South by Southwest and one of their gigs like you know, bands there maybe play like three, four. It's in Austin. It's fun, and it's like it's a weird, like you know, atmosphere. There are like shows everywhere, and they were playing in this like small coffee shop, like off of the like kind of main um, main strip. Mm-hmm. And um, before them, there was this guy playing that they never had heard about, and he came there and he had his laptop and his guitar. And, you know, and there was, like, I think not that much of a buzz around him at that time, but it was him. Oh, really? And this was in 2006. Wow, so even before that came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, like, for me at that time, I I think I bought the album when I was, like, in in New York. And, like, you know, I I just completely fell for it. And, um, And, I mean, like, there was, like, a melancholy... And like at that time, I kind of like broke up with my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> and like this this album, I think I listened to it repeat. It was it's yeah, such yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, like it's it's that album. I think it's that album for many people. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't speak um, from experience about this album, the first album, as much because 
really the self-title was the first one I really got into and then mm -hmm. I came back to the mm -hmm. um, other one but everyone I know that has had an experience with that album basically it kind of fills in that exact same role you mm -hmm. know like it's that melancholy like that you know the cry in your car alone and mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. yell the lyrics at the top of your lungs yeah, yeah. along with it mm -hmm. um, and like just being you know cathartic and sad and like getting yeah, all yeah. those emotions out mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, I think that's what it was for a lot of people I think that's why it um, resonated with so many people mm -hmm. because it mm -hmm. really had that has that depth of melancholy mm -hmm. it's not just like this flat melancholy it has like mm -hmm. a huge range like or people like followed pitchfork at that mm -hmm. time and stuff this was actually like kind of like set the scene for a lot of like actually i think like a lot of like bands started following that sound right more. yeah a lot of younger bands playing this kind of folky americana mm -hmm. type of stuff yeah, yeah. and i think at that time a lot of younger bands were trying to figure out like how to push that forward mm -hmm. or like bring yeah, it to yeah, the yeah. next step or something. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a this was a big uh, you know marker in saying like this is how we can do that stuff with acoustic guitars. Can add these arrangements, whatever, and mm -hmm. it can it, be, it can be like not just like folk. Yeah, genre. yeah, yeah. It can be like something like something else. more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. But then, kind of these like four years or past mm -hmm. and like i remember i had like almost forgotten about him oh yeah when when the next album like mm -hmm. you know i was like at the time living in iceland right. and like you know so life changes I, a lot in yeah yeah and i mean he wasn't playing like any of the festivals in iceland so i like i wasn't like seeing his name anywhere mm -hmm. or stuff but then suddenly 2011 it came out right yeah. um yeah i was in um I had, 2011, I, uh, it was in my last year of high school, mm. actually. Um, okay. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just remember buying this album, and, again, like, I hadn't had that same kind of experience with the first album yet, but I kind of you, did kind of treated this album in a very similar way. I just remember laying in bed, mm -hmm. like, looking, just, I bought the CD, and I just, like, the liner notes were so beautiful and I was mm -hmm. just pouring over the handwritten lyrics and like all the beautiful artwork in it. Nice. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I just like sat with my headphones on like in bed and was just like shocked. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think, I think in many ways this is why we chose to talk about Perth because it's the first track on that album, mm -hmm. which is like after the, the four year wait is a big deal because then this opens up it's it it from the get go, it's so different than what the first mm -hmm. one is in a lot of ways. I mean, it carries a lot of things. It's forward. it's it, it feels like a continuation. Yeah, yeah. You but, can see how it would yeah, be a continuation. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think in the moment, for a lot of people, to be honest, like I I feel like I heard a lot of things at the at the time of like almost comparisons to like Bob Dylan going electric or something like that. kind of was like he was going electric you know mm -hmm. the first uh, the first thing that happens after the field recording is the this electric guitar mm -hmm. riff um, and I might be wrong but I don't think there are like any electric guitars on Forema 
there yeah, might yeah. be like, there might be like solos or yeah. like or small like I, I can't even remember or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. But it's primarily acoustic yeah, guitar, yeah, yeah. so I think it's a it's a big uh, kind of it's a big thing to start out the album that way and kind of say this is the sound that, yeah. that Bonnie Bear is going to be going forward. Yeah. You know, I mean, talking about the sound, I even found like online uh, a Reddit, uh, <laughs> um, this Reddit link uh, and like thread talking about just the guitar sound, mm. um, and it, it it's so funny. Like there are some guitar nerds, uh, like uh, is that an orange amp? Right, right. I right, gotta right. know how he gets that tone, and right, then yeah. there are like you know plenty of people mm -hmm. like trying to f like figure it out like uh, closest I could come to it with <laughs> an amp Sims FX I've got was a Mustang 2 guitar <laughs> on the Fender 57 deluxe setting very slight gain input volume and it like keeps going <laughs> on like um, but it's 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 such a cool sound I mean oh, it's an amazing way to start the album like, uh -huh. he's talked a lot about how this album um, is basically kind of he said something to the effect of like it's an it's an exercise in kind of mind traveling or something like mm -hmm. that or like kind of traveling with your ears or something mm -hmm. like that because um, each track is kind of let's say theoretically about a different place mm -hmm. but he he said in interviews and whatnot um, not all the places are actual real places and, no. and that's very apparent yeah. from the from the track titles you know you get places like Perth which is a real place in Australia but then you get places like Minnesota Wisconsin like mm -hmm. the town of Minnesota in Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Um, mm -hmm. and so he's playing with like these like fictional places mm -hmm. the memories of places mm -hmm. um, the uh, actually being to places uh, having gone to places or maybe not like we don't know if song Calgary is about him actually going to Calgary or, or it could be like his impression of what he imagines Calgary could be like uh, you know there's no way to, to really know that um, in Perth for instance we'll, we'll get into the, the kind of history of the track itself but that one's not like him being in Perth and then like running to his notebook and yeah, like, I, yeah. I have to get down my impressions of Perth no, no. it's like a totally different thing it still feels like it's dealing a little bit with like trying to capture a vibe of places and yeah. trying to capture an image sonically of what places sound like or what the, what one's memories are of places mm -hmm. um, and uh, how we remember places um, and I know just in the kind of like extension of that um, this album for me was a lot of like I drove all over the Midwest listening to mm -hmm. this album all the time. So for me, this album is like driving the car on hi open highways in <laughs> Indiana and Illinois and, uh -huh. and whatnot. Um, so you were actually doing the things like I was thinking of. Yeah, doing, exactly. Like back home in Iceland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was in uh, this relationship where we were doing long distance. So I was driving all over for that and it was like, the beginning of that relationship so it was, there was a lot of like angst about like being mm. apart and all this stuff and this album only like kind of festered that or like helped <laughs> express that in a way you know yeah, like yeah. i just remember i can i'll never forget just like driving in my car snowy like first snow on like the cornfields mm -hmm. like super i can see for miles and miles yeah. as he says in the song um 
and like I'm the only car on the highway and I have like this album cranked up super loud in my mm-hmm. car and I'm just like alone for like four hours straight just Whoa. now listening to the album today it very much I it, it, each song has its own place or world like he kind of mm-hmm. I think is intending but also it brings me back to my places and worlds that like it got attached to mm-hmm. as well um, and a ton of music does that but I feel like this has like a very special power mm-hmm. in how it how mm-hmm. it happens um, um, I mean, I remember just like Googling it very fast yeah. at, at the time when I was listening to the sound and actually like, I don't know, like the, the algorithm in Europe or mm. something like <laughs> just like a city in, in Scotland. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. so like Perth is a city in Scotland as well, um, like central Scotland. And I was like, whoa, that's melancholic. Like, <laughs> that's gray and uh-huh. rainy and like right, hilly. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of connected it a little bit like, okay, I always envisioned like or Scotland is a little bit like Iceland so mm-hmm. I was like like it felt really like kind of um, this makes sense like, yeah 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 um, but then like when actually when I wrote like when I read the story about like Heath Ledger right then I was like okay that's right, right. Really totally like because like the that. lyrics doesn't give anything away it's yeah. really kind right. of we can go through that later but right. it's really abstract and like more poetic bad joke. Dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. So, basically, just to give a quick rundown, like, Essentially, from piecing together, you know, uh, there's a great Rolling Stone article that, you know, covered the whole story mm-hmm. when it happened, and, you know, there are fewer articles you can check out on the internet, but the basic story is that he was, uh, I think, going to shoot a music video or something, or was hanging out with the guy who shot one of his music videos mm-hmm. for um, the, the first album, and all of a sudden, uh, in... All of a sudden, his friend got a call that his best friend from back home in Perth, Australia, had died. Yeah. And it turns out it was Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, like, you know, the way Justin Vernon kind of describes it, he, he just, the, the whole trip kind of took a 180 because they threw away all the plans that they were going to do, and they just basically kind of hung out for 10 days, mm-hmm. you know, he said, like, drank a bunch of brandy, and just, like, cried a lot, and, like, talked about Heath, uh-huh. um, yeah. and kind of reminisced, and, like, just were there for each other type mm-hmm. of thing, um, and he says that, basically, then his friend left, and, um, he just, like, wrote the song, mm-hmm. like, the, the yeah. morning his friend left, he just wrote the song. I guess he, he he says, and again, yeah, we'll talk about the lyrics a little bit more in depth in a little bit, but he, that he tried, he kind of pieced together some things that, like, his friend had said about Heath Ledger yeah. or had mentioned about him or mm-hmm. different impressions that he got from noticing about um, how his friend was feeling about the death mm-hmm. and whatnot, um, how they talked about the, their friendship and growing up in Perth and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like the second, uh, it's kind of like the second degree situation mm-hmm. because he's talking not necessarily about 
his own feelings, although he, it, he was interpreting what was going on and yeah. the feelings that his friend was having. But in a way, it's like this kind of second person, or uh, th- sorry, third person kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, he wrote down the lyrics and like all his impressions of what happened that week. And then I think wrote the guitar riff at the beginning mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Um, Should we maybe like go through the text re- really quick? Yeah, sure. I'm tearing up across your face. Uh, move dust through the light to fight your name it's something fame this is not a place not yet awake I'm raced to make right okay um, and yeah even just from that first verse you can mm-hmm. you can see it as you said before it's pretty abstract it it doesn't like tell you what the song is about it's not it's not very clear uh, it's beautifully written mm-hmm. it, i mean it even has like it even has a bunch of nonsense words in it basically <laughs> words that yeah, you know, yeah aren't actually english but are like super close they're mm-hmm. like right there you know it's something across does it fied mm-hmm. uh, uh fain is a word but i don't think it means what it kind of means here no 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 fain the dictionary definition is a temple or shrine which doesn't okay, really make yeah. sense because no, no. he's using it mm-hmm. i think kind of as an adjective yeah um so acrossed, fied, fain. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know what I'm raised to make necessarily. It, that isn't like yeah, yeah, yeah. necessarily mean like, anything, but no, it no. kind of does. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he's playing with all these kind mm-hmm. of just like painting. It, it kind of it very much feels like like painting. Yeah, yeah, way, yeah. You know, like yeah. he's kind of painting an image or a vibe or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, you know, the dust through the light, and it, right, it like, yeah, gives yeah. you, it like, does give you uh, these images. M- more yeah. of, like, an atmosphere. Than right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, still alive, who you love. I mean, yeah. That, that, that seems more clear. I mean, it's... Yeah, clear, suddenly but... he's talking about, the word is alive. Right. You, you know, you feel suddenly that he is talking about death somehow. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. In a mother, out a moth. Weird. Uh, furling forest for the soft, gotta know, been let aloft. So I'm right, ridding all your stories. What I know, what it is, it's pouring. Wired it, wire, wire it up. Wired up. Wire it. Up. <laughs> <laughs> you are breaking your ground. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it also kind of gives the impression, like, from both of us. Um, you know, being in bands and songwriting and whatnot, I think we're, we're both pretty familiar with the kind of like temp track writing song mm-hmm. thing where you like kind of have maybe the chords and you kind of uh-huh, have a basic yeah. melody and you're maybe, you know, like, you know, when you're making that kind of iPhone recording of mm-hmm, audio mm-hmm. recording of like the first draft of a song, yeah, yeah. you're just kind of like singing along with it and making up kind of nonsense. Uh-huh. I don't mean that in a derogatory way, I just mean that like. The, the lyrics fit so well with like what he's singing it doesn't mm-hmm. feel for like with some with some um, lyricists like you can tell they wrote it the words ahead of time mm-hmm. and then they're fitting the melody to it or something like that but it really feels like super organic where you're not thinking about how it you know it, that it like isn't making sense or it feels forced that he's trying to be abstract or like clever or complex mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that um but it really like flows together well and it kind of has that feeling of like 
you know, maybe he, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but maybe he kind of like was getting all of the flow of what it's going to sound like in the vocal part together. Mm -hmm. And then these fit words just kind of came out and he was yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah, these yeah. fit. In I mean, it's perfectly. like, yeah. you know, you heard the story about Paul McCartney, like uh, scrambled eggs. No, I mean, yesterday, I think it was scrambled eggs. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as I love scrambled eggs. Oh, we should eat some scrambled eggs. Yeah, exactly. I kind of I kind of imagine him kind of doing that with the, uh, mm -hmm. with this mm -hmm. and then finding maybe maybe you, you know, he doesn't want to yeah, write yeah. a song about scrambled eggs, so he like finds something that's like a word that's somewhat close or like mm -hmm. kind of conceals that scrambled and maybe you can say like ramble yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's a yeah. fake word mm -hmm. but like it fits perfectly and yeah, yeah. isn't and about scrambled eggs you know um and i kind of imagine uh, there mm -hmm. might have been something like that going along here um but yeah beautiful imagery with like and a lot of you know nature imagery as well in a mother adama mm -hmm. uh this kind of like evolution kind of change yeah type of imagery um furling forests for the soft um you're breaking your ground um, a lot of stuff involving the land and mm -hmm. kind of like nature imagery, which kind of makes sense for like a song about death, mm -hmm. for sure. And we can maybe like now t talk about just like the form, because like on the surface, it's really much like, you know, like any other pop song in a way, like the, it's, it's like a build up, like with a word, worse, and then there is like the chorus, um, and then another worse. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's pretty basic, like it's three chords, you know, circle mm -hmm. again and again almost. Um, yeah. But it's it's really layered though, mm -hmm. um, and like it it's it really much feels like uh, I don't want to use the word pocket symphony, but it's <laughs> like you know there, there was like a British kind of thing, like like uh, you know all these like. Uh, Fit pop bands called it like mm. pocket symphonies, mm -hmm. like you know, it's but it's um, uh, like chamber pop style, yeah, but you know, and like pieces that like travel to many places, but you know, right, right so right. Mm -hmm. it really much feels like you know, okay, we went places and we came back, right, right, right. Um, I think you're totally right. I think that, that, but the thing, but the thing that's interesting about it is that he able to keep those kind of simple elements mm -hmm. and somehow make those things that we're so familiar with in pop music, alternating verse, chords, whatever, there are little things that are different about it that make it so surprising. Mm -hmm. I don't know, there's something special about like having these certain kind of pop landmark Mm -hmm. things and then totally kind of subvert subverting that you know like mm -hmm. the way for, firstly like the tr the track opens with the field recording mm -hmm. um and, and the story about the field recording it's actually like an old phone recording or right. or or like a recording that he took on tour with his old band in perth in yeah. perth okay yeah. at the, it says in the liner notes that it's at the challenger harbor in perth australia okay. and it was taken january 2009 so two years before oh, okay, the okay 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 Nice. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it's it's like, um, you know, he's writing this song, whatever, uh, maybe in Wisconsin or something mm -hmm. like that. But then he has this older field recording, and then off. you can stick that right, in there. Yeah. And it's 
you know, it, it, it's a pretty interesting statement to start the album with a field mm-hmm. recording. Um, it, it, but it's also interesting because it creeps in. It's, it's very quiet. If mm-hmm. you listen to it, we just listen to it on speakers. You can barely kind of hear it. You just and hear like, the with clinking of glasses. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And like even like with these, like, I don't know, like they don't fit my ear, but like with uh, with like uh, Apple right, pots yeah, 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 or something uh-huh. and you're walking out on the street, you don't hear it. Yeah, it's very subtle. It's you just like, hear that some kind of maybe something is happening yeah, yeah, yeah. You, because you hear the clinking of glasses mm-hmm. and whatnot and there's like this kind of almost pause before the mm-hmm. the guitar riff starts mm-hmm. but if you listen with headphones um, it, you can really hear this beautiful field recording that just kind of sets you up I feel like it, what it's doing is that it sets you up with the mindset of like go to a place mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm yeah, taking yeah. you in this in this album not only in this song but in this album I'm going to be taking you to different places yeah. so. and you know you can feel like you know you it comes back right at the end right exactly and you yeah. know and it starts connecting to the next right yeah, yeah you know so okay. we are like here okay we like here we go we and now we are moving to the next one right and oh. you know right at the end you can hear the chord like the opening chords right uh, the opening chord actually of the next song right, right, right. so it's like really all like feels continuous right and like we're traveling mm-hmm. to a new place and the other thing about the field recording it has this if you do listen you know blast really loudly the field recording just the beginning you can hear basically what you hear is these kind of clinking of mm-hmm. things but what's interesting about it is it could it could be it's not all the way clear about what it is it could be like a couple different things i feel like i mean it it, it says it's at the challenger harbor mm-hmm. um so if you read that you know that it does kind of have a sense of you maybe hearing boats uh-huh, yeah, or, yeah. or the bells on boats kind of clinking in the wind and so you mm-hmm. kind of hear this kind of almost like what you said about scotland even though it's yeah, not yeah, scotland yeah. maybe the kind of like foggy seaside mm-hmm. uh melancholy nostalgic vibes mm-hmm. um or like even like i thought like maybe it's uh like a small like wind chime outside of like the cabin that right. he's working on yeah, in, yeah, or yeah. something yeah it could be that mm. i i think what i always imagined it actually um most of the times when i've heard the song i think what i usually imagine it as actually for some reason and maybe it is has nothing to maybe this is nowhere present um is i always kind of imagined it as like a cafe on the harbor mm-hmm. and like i don't know you're just hearing the clinking of glasses it kind of feels like this kind of voyeurism of like being in in this beautiful harbor looking at this place all alone and there are all, all these people at a cafe clinking, mm-hmm. like being served coffees yeah, and whatnot yeah. just it, it's yeah. so open where mm-hmm. it allows you to kind of like play with what it act exactly it doesn't exactly give you a marker no, what it no, is, no. you know it's not something mm-hmm. like um it's not something like a person's voice or uh, an airplane going by where it has these clear markers of like, this is what it is, this is where mm-hmm. it is, this, I'm telling you what it is. And I feel like that's, I think, what he's trying to do for the whole album in a way where he's saying like, I'm not going to tell you what each of these places mm-hmm. are. Uh, each of these places could be real, they could be fake, mm-hmm. they could be imaginary. You can imagine them, I can imagine them. Mm-hmm. Leaving, There's always this openness mm-hmm. that's involved in, in his music um, that I really appreciate. You know, like what we talked about, even with just the lyrics, you know, mm-hmm. where you can really kind of, that's really in, in, influenced me in a lot of ways. 
you don't need to give everything all the time type mm-hmm. of thing that yeah. I feel like he does really, mm-hmm. really well. Where he gives, a, it's not him not giving a vibe or not giving a direction. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like a putting a hand out but to bring people with you, but not like telling them the whole path or the whole, where you're going to go exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really appreciate that about yeah, his work, yeah. both just musically, but also, again, yeah, with the lyrics and everything. Mm-hmm. The, one of the, like, the, the heart and meat of this kind of, uh, this track is basically the sound. Yeah. And, and like, from, from that field recording onto the guitar sound. Right. The guitar just kind of, like, creeps, creeps out in. of that. And, like, I think, like, he establishes, like, kind of the form somehow uh-huh. with just, like, constantly changing the depth of the sound. Right, yeah, so, that's a good way to so, put it, yeah. um, so basically, like, I would say the drums that come in, like, first as, like, the military kind of... Right, yeah, we get the weird, like... like they are pretty, like, I would say, like, a little bit, like, clean and frontal. Right. And then he changes the depth immediately when the, like, I think it's the chorus that starts. And that more like kind of like, like opens, op- up. opens up and, and it's like another space yeah it does feel like a depth thing and also it gets like spatialized in an mm-hmm. interesting way left yeah. and right where it, it opens up your field of mm-hmm. listening it's it's distorted it right. has yeah. like the the kind of like double kicker on the bass drum right, which yeah. sounds like a metal thing right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like much more kind of like in your face right this kind of like you know folky musician mm-hmm. whatever but then like the first track the way that uh, you know it's the ver- it's a verse we know how a verse goes and mm-hmm. we expect it to go to a chorus blah 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 but like for some reason in the verse it's like this weird military you know I- I've seen it described as like a civil war march mm-hmm. type of thing in the background it's like what is that doing there yeah. and then the chorus being this like Seeming like it has a lot of heavy metal tropes in it, mm-hmm. but like definitely not being a heavy metal song. So no, it's like no, no. these things that it's like not, you're not expecting in a, a folk song or mm-hmm. something, or, you know, in a in a folk pop mm-hmm. album or something mm-hmm. like that. That I feel like he does so well that it it it's almost like that's exactly what it should be, mm-hmm. but I don't know why or something like that. Yeah. Like I don't know how that works, you know. Uh, um, and, and and similarly, he plays like the same kind of game with the voices. Right. So we have like his voice mm-hmm. that it's like super frontal. Mm-hmm. We have like it starts actually though with the background vocals that are like kind of oh, right, like the, acquired. Yeah, almost, super like, reverby in the, reverby. Like, yeah, in the distance. It kind mm-hmm. of sounds like it sets up this. I think what you're getting at with the depth thing, he's setting up like this feeling of distance. Mm-hmm. It, different distances so yeah yeah, yeah. and like almost close. like different spaces right and exactly. like and you know and saying. like different places to travel to within right, this right, right, like yeah. kind of song and you know even like uh, 
he sets it up with the voices, so he has like, you know, the the background vocals, him, and then there is like one where there is like almost the third space where um, he he doubles his voice like right, so yeah. it's his voice but and like twice but with like a you basically like a second voice like a duet for yeah, like yeah. like the second words right 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 um, and then he does it with the uh, like uh, guitars as well um, yeah, like, yeah there yeah. are super many guitar, many guitar tones in the track yeah. um, and you know and, and some of them are like super frontal and some of them are you know right way back very bad yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be very dense mm -hmm. uh, when the, the chorus comes in though mm -hmm. that everything opens up in this way both with the i found it really interesting with the vocals of the still live who you love mm -hmm. it becomes and again maybe looking a little bit about uh regarding the kind of meaning of the lyrics and like that that's really the moment where as we said when we were just looking at just the lyrics themselves, something kind of becomes a little clearer. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the moment where it feels like the song kind of bursts open, basically. Mm -hmm. And the other kind of cool thing is, you know, if you've seen him, videos of him live um, or seen him in person or something like that, um, I, I was really struck when this came out because, like, then he had two drummers on stage. Mm -hmm. um, and you can hear when the, when the chorus opens up, there's like this spatialization of the drummers as well mm -hmm. with the with the vocals, where you can hear like um, both. Uh, the, the drum part's super weird in that section. Like it's again, it's super close to like a pop, you know, kind of maybe two and four snare on the two and four type of thing. Mm -hmm. But then like you're missing some of the two and fours. They become ones and threes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there just isn't a snare hit, and it's just like so much cymbal just kind of riding yeah, yeah. you know mm -hmm. um but you hear the cymbals kind of going back and forth in the two ears where you can it has the sense of like two drummers on either side of this mm -hmm. huge hall or mm -hmm. something like that you know um i feel like that's a really interesting thing yeah, yeah. i mean it feels it's it's a steady feel but really broken right yeah, so exactly. you know it's kind of like yeah this track is kind of a, a lesson in multi-tracking mm -hmm. as well because you get all these kind of like cymbal hits and whatnot that kind of just come in kind of randomly or kind of like these cymbal scratches and, and you know at the end there's like it sounds like someone just like kind of randomly hitting cymbals mm -hmm. and stuff like that um, yeah and that there are plenty of arrangements like there is like some like there's a string section mm -hmm. and a right. horn section right, yeah, yeah. but that's also and like the horns create like another depth because right, that yeah. is like that they are and like also in kind of like I would say like on two planes mm -hmm. there is like you know the one that follows the strings and mm -hmm. are in the background and sound like if you would um, uh, pretty conventional in a right. way this like you know uh, horn really frontal suddenly like in your face
that almost sound artificial because yeah, like how yeah. they record it and you right. can't like is it like um, and how they're layered like they're so tightly tightly layered and they're so frontal you don't no, know how many and there like, are i know that like there is probably like a french horn in there right french horn has such a weird acoustic yeah it, recording it it sounds often like a trombone right so it's probably horns, trombones, and, and stuff mixed together. Right. But it almost sounds artificial. Yeah, so it's so muffled. Muffled yeah. that it, like, I'm... I looked at the liner notes to see what the brass arrangement was. Okay. Um, so it's horns, trumpets, bass sax, um, and alto sax. Wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Interesting, because, like, I might, I don't hear the saxophone right. at all. And I think, I, I didn't write this down, but I think maybe recorded by one person all those things recorded by one person or maybe two people ah. um, and so definitely playing with like just multi-tracking layer, it and layer. layering it yeah that brass part is so strange that it almost could have been a synthesizer yeah yeah, yeah. or like you know you know the tone of that together that muffledness mm -hmm. you know because it's also like you know it's probably been like also like probably melodyned like right yeah, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. a little bit like really pitched together yeah, yeah. and like the the beginning like they're really together and right. at the end they're really cut up to like at the same time right. so it almost sounds like a keyboardist yeah playing, yeah like, exactly you know, they, just... it, it really goes with a lot of the stuff kind of that he does in later albums with the uh, you know that he calls that thing because him and his producer kind of created that instrument that basically they're doing the kind of vocoder thing mm -hmm. where he layers his voice a yeah, bunch of yeah, times yeah. and does the keyboard thing. And that this feels like maybe an early beginning of doing that type of thing where it's like making instruments turn into kind of being like mechanical keyboard-like mm -hmm. things, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so even the, just reading that on paper, a super weird brass arrangement having, mm -hmm. I mean, we know from his later work that he loves the saxophone uh -huh. and it's kind of like yeah, yeah. it to be honest like revolutionized the saxophone for i think our generation mm -hmm. I, it, it, just in the way that he's used it so often uh -huh. and uh and the tone that he uses with it as well i feel like has really become a, kind of a signature tone of what his sound is like and kind of ha has you have all these kinds of cliche saxophone sounds. Mm -hmm. um, I remember hating saxophone until 2014. Right. right, yeah, exactly. Like, And it's because of like kind of how the saxophone has been become a joke or ruined or whatever from a lot of like 80s saxophone stuff and how it's become like the saxophone trope. Mm -hmm. And he really like took that instrument and mm -hmm. was like, I'm going to kind of play with those tropes and make, them, make it my own thing. You see that, you know, I'm... Maybe we'll talk about uh, 22 a million um, in a different podcast, but he, the saxophone like is like a whole thing yeah. in 22 a million. Um, and there are a ton of different saxophone tracks. And you know, he toured after, after this album, Colin Stetson toured with him um, on this album uh, for a while and they worked together a lot. So um, especially with the, like, yeah, the bass sax and all that stuff. Yeah, it is interesting also to think about the, what you said playing with death of the of the uh, brass parts and also the I mean the string parts are pretty weird for this too like you know the kind of icy harmonic type of mm -hmm. stuff that yeah, yeah, yeah. So all your stories what I know what it is is pouring wiring up you're breaking your ground 
you would really expect for, um, I think, what a lot of people expected for Bonnie Bear. Mm -hmm. um, Especially, like, when you look back on, on For Emma. Right. The, like, it was... I think no strings, all brass, mm -hmm. and you right. know they were like all kind of had similar acoustics. It right, was like right, you right. really felt all the all time, the yeah, 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 that uh -huh. you were in the in same room cabin, yeah. in the cabin, right. out in the woods. Right. And, and and also like, again, going back to, you know, playing with genre and whatnot. Like, there's there's kind of like some arrangement sounds and string sounds and brass sounds that you expect to get in mm -hmm. like this kind of folk Americana mm -hmm. stuff, you know, yeah. and the string stuff is this kind of like really kind of traditional standard kind of string arranging stuff mm -hmm. playing the instrument very, uh, in a very standard way and these kind of like very lush harmonic, harmonic yeah, things yeah. and he basically like for all of those things and then there also, you know, is a history of brass coming in and maybe doing these, you know, little brass pads or brass mm -hmm. uh, kind of things in the background and he really subverts those things just the slightest you know like it's not weird for there to be strings in this track it's kind of you would kind of expect that it's mm -hmm. not weird to have brass in it you would kind of expect that but the way it's it's, utilized it's done and, it's, and the yeah. way the sound choices um mm -hmm. the, the tone choices that mm -hmm. they decide um are really kind of stunning and shocking for yeah, yeah. this track. And, and like, you know, and I think it's like connected like also to like how many layers of depth there are going on at the same time. Right. You yeah. got his voice like yeah, really yeah. frontal, mm -hmm. the guitar like, you know, right, on yeah, the yeah. side. The, the drums are much more like in your face yeah, and the yeah. strings are like in like a, like almost like coming out of a dream like somewhere like completely different. Right, almost. yeah, yeah. And it'd be and, interesting to see the Pro Tools track for the, this. Because there must be like a hundred, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. at least a hundred different things mm -hmm. going on in there. This makes me like also like a, a little bit think about his evolution. Like mm -hmm. you know, he came to the scene as like the the kind of cabin right. uh, bearded kind of uh -huh. uh, right. guy, and like you know, and people have like wrote. Like, singer-songwriters like the, the tallest man alive right, you know, the, yeah, like yeah, Norwegian yeah. guy they yeah. have just like kept that image for like right, right, all right. the career yeah, like totally through influenced a, a bunch of like I was saying this kind of yeah. new, new wave of mm -hmm. folk Americana but you know on this album I feel like he shaved a little bit <laughs> like <laughs> you know and I think yeah, today yeah, I like if you look at him today like he's pretty clean shaved I would say. <laughs> like or like but yeah he didn't I, like, become that mountain man that like people yeah. were expecting him well, to become yeah. or something. No, know? no. Um, and yeah, one interesting point on that is he's remarked, and, and people have talked about this this since you know with his new album coming out and whatnot. That each he just was talking to, um, I think is uh, Zane Lowe on um, BBC uh, mm -hmm. the BBC, um, and did a Radio One interview with Zane, uh, where he mentioned that people have kind of made conspiracy theories or whatever that like each album of his is a different season mm -hmm. oh, so okay. for Emma mm -hmm. uh, for Emma is the kind of wintry uh, woods album um, in that uh, then this album and he, he, he I found a quote where he said this I think in the Rolling Stones art, Stone article where he said this album is spring 
which makes sense because okay, yeah. if we're talking about this kind of rebirth, mm-hmm. um, you know, the winter was this Prima thing. He had all this shit going on in his life, whatever, um, and he went in his cabin to be alone and to be cathartic and get it all out. Yeah. And then after that, he takes four years to like hibernate, let's say, on tour, uh, on like what he's gonna be and what he's gonna do next. And then this album happens. This first track comes out, and it really is like this reawakening of something. It's different. Mm-hmm. It, he chose to go a different path than everyone was kind of expecting him to to go. Um, and yeah, it makes sense that this is spring. I mean, um, the kind of he said also, it's not spring in the way that like now everything's alive like summer is but it's like that slow waking up type of thing mm-hmm. um, where, where we know it here like spring is super long and cold. right yeah exactly like you know and like s- summer hits pretty like you know instantly yeah yeah like, yeah exactly um, um, so we are in the midst of like waiting for summer but right yeah exactly yeah um, and yeah I mean just to continue on the seasons thing I think they said that um, 22 million is fall and then the new album, um, I I is summer. Okay, so Hawaiian shirt and like you know, yeah. big smile. Yeah. <laughs> Ukuleles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting way to um, start out his like this. This song kind of, in a way, is is his signal of that spring is like is coming is is here like something new is. Something new is afoot. Thanks for listening to our second episode. Stay tuned for the third one. Thank you so much for listening and like, you know, please contact us if you uh, have some observations, some thoughts on, on the show. Disagreements with our interpretation. Yeah, or, or, uh, or maybe ideas for us to uh, what we should cover. Facebook, Blink Plonk, you should find us. Right, right. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll include some links to maybe some interesting stuff in the podcast liner kind of stuff. We'll maybe include... Um, Maybe some of the articles we were referencing, so you can mm-hmm. check those out. And then, uh, yeah, maybe the lyrics or something like that. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being with us. This is Pling Plonk, signing out. Uh, goodbye. Ciao. <laughs>